Hello everybody, and welcome back to Straight Outta Cloyne 2.0 with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Turl. But you know what? This is one of the episodes where it might be a little bit more appropriate for me to use my real name, which of course, as you all know, is Dwayne Johnson. But no, in all seriousness, it is Dylan Turl Reeve, because... This week on Straight Outta Cloyne, I am going to be telling an old tale from my past. A tale that I think really, like, just characterised and was really the legacy I left behind in my school days. A story that people are probably sick of hearing me tell because, you know, long-term listeners or people who would have listened to Joe Tarr Rising back in the day or, you know, the original Straight Outta Cloyne. I've already heard this story. Some people who listen to this show have already, or not, or not already, some people have experienced this story. Some people were there. But the audience has kept growing. And this story is one that I still can't believe that this actually happened. And, you know, it's not often that I come on here knowing what I'm going to talk about for the whole show. This is one of those times where I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Now, Buckle up your seatbelts because this whole episode is going to be revolved around one story and one story alone. And that is, back when I was in fifth year, when I fooled the whole school into thinking that I was the All-Ireland Chess Champion and that I was going off to compete in the World Chess Championships representing my country. That is something that actually happened. It blows my mind that this story was eight years ago. Eight! That's nearly a full decade. Which is mental. I remember this story like it was yesterday. The ones who already know this story, you know what, I think this story is, is one of those things that you could hear a million times and I still think you can find some enjoyment out of it. I recently put up a post on Instagram of a, of a little newsletter of me with the worst haircut known to man. It, it, as I was trying something new with my hair. It was raining that day. The hair flattened. It looked terrible. I know. Leave me alone. But I remember the moment I saw that newsletter in front of me. And just thinking that I can't believe that this story has gone this far. And I thought that would be the end of it. But boy, that may as well have just been the beginning. But it wasn't the beginning. So speaking of which, let's take this story from the beginning. At last, says you. So this story actually started back in TY. It really like kicked in to gear in fifth year. But transition year was the year this really just... Transition year was the year where the seeds were planted. Is probably the best way I could put it. So for those of you who don't know, if you're not from Ireland, uh, transition year is the fourth year of secondary school. But it's almost kind of like, at least it was when I was in school. I know the system has slightly changed now. But back in my day, uh, you did the junior cert, which was first, second and third year. And then you had the option to do fourth year, which was also known as transition year. Or you could go straight into fifth year, which was the first year of the leaving cert cycle, which is a two-year cycle. You have fifth year and sixth year, and then you graduate. I decided to do transition year. 
Uh, transition year essentially was a year away from the books. It's more kind of project based. They give you a bit of an introduction into like the your life outside of school. You do work experience. We did our work experience every Friday, and we also did um you know a, a little bit of um. I remember we did driving lessons. We did um some cool trip we went on some cool trips one that's going to be quite important to the story and yeah it was a great year and i think it was a year where i really discovered a lot about myself and i think it almost kind of i think in a lot of ways transition year was almost the first step into me going into some type of performance i think that was this is where i really kind of came out of my shell a lot and i decided that uh there were certain things i was going to pursue afterwards i think my confidence grew a lot in this year but as I just said there previously, there was a lot of uh, very cool trips that they would bring us on in transition year. And one of these very cool trips was a trip to Old Trafford, where I'm going to be next week, by the way. But we were going to Old Trafford to see Manchester United take on Olympiacos in the last 16 of the UEFA Champions League. And obviously I'm a Manchester United fan. I'd never been to a Champions League game up to this point, so I was absolutely buzzing at the opportunity to get to go see my favourite team play in Europe's elite competition. Apart from, of course, this season when the Europa League is Europe's elite competition. By the time this goes out, I'm not sure if Manchester United have knocked out Barcelona in the Europa League or not. If we have, we're still in Europe's elite competition. If we haven't, the Europa League is overrated anyway. Anyways, I'm with the story. So I was going out to, uh, I was going over to Mr. Burke, who was the PE teacher who was organizing the trip to Manchester. And I was giving him the money for the trip. Mr. Burke took the money and I was like, great, that's done. Can't fucking wait to be at Old Trafford. 75,000 screaming reds on a Champions League night. And because of... Uh, me having to go up and give the money to Mr. Burke, I was actually going to be late for an English class. But this was TY, so it really meant sweet fuck all if I was going to be late. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, I went back to the English class, and I walked into the room, and all of a sudden, there was a huge round of applause. An absolute huge round of applause from everybody. And I just thought, okay, I'm late. This is what happens when people are late. You get a huge round of applause. And Miss Scanlon, who was the English teacher, just said, why are you all clapping? And uh, I think it was a guy called Connor. Yeah, it was Connor, who was actually also from Cloyne. He said, sure, Dylan was competing in the All-Ireland Chess semi-final there at the weekend. And I was just like, I did, yeah, great. And I just sat down. And I was like, that was one of the most random comments I've ever heard. And it was one of the most random things for someone to say about me because at this point the most the the most um the closest I should say I'd ever come to playing a game of chess at this point was playing chess combat on Mortal Kombat Deception for the PS2 which is such an underrated game mode me Porg and Alex have played the shit out of that Alex ended Porg's undefeated streak in chess <coughs> excuse me chess combat oh my god I lost my voice <coughs> that's not getting edited out because that was really funny and that's staying in. I don't care. Also, I'm absolutely wrecked tired and editing at the moment. People don't realise how stressful editing is. Especially if you mess up something. Because then you have to find that specific point where you messed up. And I am explaining this way too much. Just get on with the fucking story, Dylan. Nobody cares about your editorial struggles. But anyways. Um, the, that was the extent of my chess playing. Was playing a fucking PS2 game where it wasn't even really chess. It was... 
Mortal Kombat on a thing that looked like a chessboard. But that happened, and I just thought, oh, you know, it was a little throwaway comment, and uh, we'll probably never hear that joke again. It was just one of those things where, let's be honest, Miss Scanlon was a little bit thick. No offense to her. If she listens to this show, she wasn't great at technology, so I can't imagine that she is. But to anybody who is a Miss Scanlon fan, I apologize. I'm sure there's loads of you out there, all five of you. Five is probably being a bit too kind, to be honest. But anyways, uh, that, that was the first mention of this whole chess tobacco. And then I remember a few months later, we brought it up again to a teacher whose name has escaped me. I think it was Miss O'Neill. Yeah, it was Miss O'Neill. And I think it was brought up and Miss O'Neill was just kind of like, oh, you play chess, that's cool. And then she instantly forgot about it. And we thought we were hilarious. Ah, you fell for it again. You dumb fucking be with an itch, yeah. And that was it. That was how it started. That was how the whole thing of me being the All-Ireland Chess Champion started. A little throwaway joke in TY that was mentioned once, literally once more after its original, you know, after it was originally said. And that was it. And I thought we would never hear from it again. Or hear of it again, I should say. And then, fifth year happened. And this is where the story just completely takes on a life of its own. So, we had a teacher who, in the past when I've told this story, I tried to give the teacher a code name. And every time I did it, I messed up. So I'm just going to say what her real name was. Her real name was Miss O'Brien. And Miss O'Brien was someone who you didn't really want to get on the bad side of, let's just say. She had a wee bit of a temper. Uh, you know, she, she, do you want, she was a great teacher, I will say, she was a great teacher, a bit strict, but looking back, I'm, I'm really glad I had Miss O'Brien as a teacher, but, uh, she wasn't someone that you particularly wanted to, you know, there was some teachers who you could kind of, you knew you could kind of get away with stuff a bit more, yeah, Miss O'Brien wasn't one of those teachers, she was as strict as it got, but, uh, we were on the way down into... So she taught history and geography. And I was on the way down into geography with some of the lads. And uh, who I was in TY with. And I remember one of them. His name is Stephen. I remember him just going, Oh, how's the chess going? And I kind of laughed. I was like, oh yeah, remember that. I'd forgotten about it up until this point. Remember that when... Uh, when uh, when you all told the whole school... Or the whole school, you hear me? The whole class that I was the All-Ireland chess champion. It would very nearly become the whole school. That was really funny. And... Next thing, Stephen came up with a great idea of, do you want to tell Miss O'Brien that and see how she reacts? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, look, whatever. It, you know, Miss Scanlon seemed to get quite excited by it. Miss O'Neill pretended to, but really she couldn't give a shit. We were like, fuck it, yeah, let's say it to Miss O'Brien. So we went into the class and Steve just goes, here, Miss, do you remember, uh, or do you know Dylan over here? And Miss O'Brien was just like, yes, Stephen. You know, he, he's one of my students, so I think I do fucking know who he is. That's not exactly what she said, but you know, whatever. Um, he's like, yeah, he's uh, he's the All Ireland Chess Champion. She was like, oh really? And I was surprised at the interest that she took in it. She took like a huge level of interest in it. She's like, geez, that's unreal. Like you wouldn't hear many people playing chess at your age. How did you get into that? And I was just like, oh, I just started playing it when I was, you know, younger and kept it up and entered a competition and one thing led to another and here I am, All Ireland Chess Champion. And that happened. Miss O'Brien seemed to get a good reaction out of it. Um, and that was that. Was that. 
And we were like, okay, like, that, you know, it got a good reaction. It was probably best we end it there. But no, no, this is where we got a bit overly confident. And we were outside and we were like, oh, I can't believe she reacted like that, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, a guy called Brian asked, uh, like, oh, like we, we need to keep this going. Like, we should keep this going until, like, the end of sixth year. Like, you know, this this would be class if we could keep this as, like, a running joke and, and see how far we can take it before, you know, people find out. <laughs> and Brian was just like, oh, like, is there any way, like, you could miss a few days of school and we could say that you're competing at the World Chess Championship? And I was like, it's funny you say that, Brian, because I will actually be missing for a couple of days in November. And we can say that I'm competing in the World Chess Championship when I'm off for those days. And Brian was like, great idea. So we all came together. We had this plan. We're going to tell Miss O'Brien that on, I can still remember the date, the 6th of November 2014, and also the 7th of November 2014, I'm going to be competing in the World Chess Championship up in Dublin. And I actually was going to Dublin, but I wasn't going up for the World Chess Championship. So... Uh, we told Miss O'Brien that, and then we also told a teacher who has, like, to call this next guy a teacher, I feel like, is an understatement. Because this guy was an absolute fucking legend, and I I hope if any teacher, past teacher of mine, ever listens to an episode of Straight Outta Cline, I hope it's this teacher. And that is the legend himself, and I'm not even going to call him Mr. Delaney, I'm going to call him Joe Delaney. Joe Delaney, an absolute fucking gem of a human being. He taught, he was an Irish teacher, but he taught me so much more about life than he did about the Irish language. And I don't know if he'll take that as a compliment or an insult because he is, I've never met a man so passionate about not just Ireland as a country, but just the culture and the history and the mythology. Like it's absolutely mental um, how much Mr. Delaney knew. It was crazy. Just a gem of a human being. But we were talking to him about it and Mr. Delaney was the type of guy who would get so excited about these things. And I remember him being like, because he would always like throw Irish phrases into his sentences. And I remember him just being like, Ah, oh, well, Dylan Abuka, like, let's talk a card, yeah. Like, how did you get into chess and whatnot? And I absolutely bullshitted my way through, like, you know, how I got into it and whatnot. I can't even remember exactly what I said. But I could always tell Mr. Delaney was a little bit sceptical about the whole story. He always just seemed to... I don't know what it was. He just always seemed to doubt it a little bit. Now, looking back, I think I do actually have more of an idea of why. So I'm an actor now. I wasn't an actor back then. I could bullshit my way through things, but... uh, You know when you're in school and someone was up to no good? And people could... Other students could see this person was up to no good. A lot of people were, like, trying not to laugh during the story. And I think Mr. Delaney, because he was no fool... He was kind of like, there's something up here. Like, there's something about this isn't adding up. Like, Dylan, you know, he, he doesn't seem like the type that plays chess. And the lads all seem to be laughing. But I think Mr. Delaney, I think he wanted to believe that it was true. I think he was battling this thing of, it just seems so far-fetched. Yet, it also is something that I really want to be true. So he, I think he was battling this inner, this inner battle of like, I, it's, I don't know, it's like... I don't know, it's like me when I was 12 and I kind of knew wrestling wasn't a legit fight. 
but I wanted to be- I still wanted to believe that it was. You know what I mean? And then eventually, you know, I realized, okay, it isn't, but I still love it. Whatever. Yes, I know people are going to be like, oh, that bringing wrestling into everything. Shut up. I'm now the senior official of Rebel County Wrestling, so shut the fuck up. But anyways, um, more on that another time. I can explain more about that uh, soon. Uh, RCW, Good Friday. Make sure you get your tickets uh, over at Eventbrite. Just saying. But uh, yeah, anyways, Mr. Delaney was just, he, 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 was, he wanted to believe this was true. He 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 wanted to believe in, in in the in the underdog story, and a part of this story that I actually I was yeah you know, I was kind of losing my train of thought there, and I was like, why am I talking about this again? But now I remember why. So Mr. Delaney asked about the world uh, the world chess championship quarterfinal that I was going to be competing in, and he was like, oh, where, 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 what part of Dublin is it going to be on, or where in Dublin is it going to be on? And I was like, okay, I can't say somewhere like, you know, Croke Park or the Three Arena or the Aviva because that's just like completely overly far-fetched. Like this story is far-fetched enough, but it's still kind of believable. I need to keep it that way. And I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head in Dublin that sounded real. So I just made a place up. And I was like, it's on in the, the dome. The dome in Dublin. And he was like, all right, yeah, cool. Now here's the thing, lads. The dome in Dublin doesn't exist. There is no dome in Dublin. This was a completely made-up fictional place. But somehow, the man who knew everything about Ireland believed it. And someone asked me, like, why the fuck did you say the dome in Dublin? I was like, it's just the first thing that came into my head. And to this day, I don't know why I said it. I think I just wanted, I needed to say a place that sounded real, but isn't. And I was just like, the dome, that sounds like something that would be in Dublin. Now, I did Google it once, and there is a soccer dome in Dublin, which, you know, it does have a hall in it, so technically that is where it could have been on. But in my head, it was a completely made-up place that I really hope that if I could ever build a building in Dublin, I will call it the dome in Dublin. But that happened, and Mr. Delaney was somewhat on board. I think he he was starting to believe it, but he was still a bit sceptical. And then... Miss uh, Miss, o- uh, Miss O'Brien, we went into her class, and she had a moment, I think, where she was like, hang on a minute, the All-Ireland Chess Champion is competing in the World Chess Championship, and it just so happens to be in Dublin. And she was like, Dylan, uh, how is it on in Dublin? Like, that seems a bit uh, convenient for you, that, like, it's the World Chess Championship, but yet it's taking place in your home country, in the capital of your home country. And I was like, uh, yeah, like, so what happens is they uh, they actually have all the rounds spaced out in the home country of each competitor, and they always use the capital city. And then I said something that this, I don't know if this reflects more bad on me, or if it reflects more bad on Miss O'Brien. Because Miss O'Brien was a geography teacher. And I said to Miss O'Brien, oh, you know, so like, you know, it's in the capital city of each competitor's home country. Like, for example, this one is in Dublin, and there's another quarterfinal that's actually on in Glasgow because there's a, there's a two Scottish competitors. And Miss O'Brien was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, Jesus, yeah. Like, no, um, no more, no more questions to ask. Like, fair, fair enough." And I was like, "Dylan, you are a fucking genius. You just thought on the spot there. Why the fuck?" Would this competition just so conveniently be so close to where you live? And you pulled out one of the best excuses you've ever given. Oh, this one is in Dublin. 
because I'm from Ireland and Dublin is the capital. But the other semi final or the other quarterfinal, I should say, is between two Scottish competitors. So that's on in Glasgow, the capital of Scotland. And then I left the room, and there was a guy called Tom came over to me and said, "You're one thick fucking cunt, you know that." I was like, "What are you on about?" And Tom said, "Where did you just say the other quarterfinal was on?" And I was like, "Glasgow," because I said it's in the capital city of each competitor's country. And Glasgow is the capital of Scotland. And Tom was like, small problem with that, Dylan. Glasgow is not the capital of Scotland. Edinburgh is. And I didn't believe Tom. I was like, no, Tom, you dumb twat. Glasgow, I can guarantee you, is the capital of Scotland. Which, two minutes later, I would find out was not true. Thanks to a little known tool called Google. Which would inform me that indeed Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland. Now, I will leave the audience decide this. Which person should be more embarrassed about that? Me, trying to make up a lie on the spot? Or Miss O'Brien, a geography teacher who didn't quite click to the fact that I just said Glasgow is the capital of Scotland when it's not? I'll leave you decide that. I will leave you decide that. But anyways, the World Chess Championship, the 100% legit real tournament, was uh, on its way. It was, was, was slowly approaching, and uh, the week of the 100% legitimate tournament was... Uh, we were in that week, all of a sudden. The, the time went very fast, and we were, all of a sudden we were in that week. And I knew I was going to be missing the Thursday and the Friday, because I was going to be in Dublin... What I didn't quite expect was to be missing on Tuesday. So when I was on the way into school that day, uh, there was a small problem with the car at home and uh, I didn't end up going to school on that Tuesday. Now, keep in mind, I was not the only one in on this joke. I was the main culprit, but I wasn't the... Maybe not the main culprit. I was the I was the figure point of it, but I wasn't the head of it, if that makes sense. I was the one coming up with all the ideas. And I remember when I was out that day, I got a text from one of the lads saying, oh, like, are you in Dublin now? Like, are you staying up in Dublin now until Friday? I was like, no, no, I just, the car broke down today, so I didn't go into school. Um, But I'll be back in tomorrow, but I'll be off again Thursday and Friday. And they were like, oh, shit. I was like, what? They're like, we told Miss O'Brien that you were up in Dublin training for the competition on Thursday and now you're going to be in tomorrow, so that's going to look kind of weird. And I was like, could you not have fucking asked me first if I was going to be in or not tomorrow? You fucking dumbass. I'm not going to mention the name of the person, but Josh should have known better. Oh, shit. Sorry. But anyways, uh, I don't even think it was Josh. I think it was someone else, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, The point was, why the fuck? Like, he should have fucking brought that to me first. Like, that's not something you should have fucking done without saying it to me. So I came in the next day, and I had to fucking, like, completely pull something out of my ass. And, like, as you can tell now, the excuses are going to get worse and worse. So I I came back from, um, from, you know, not being in school. I came in the Wednesday. And Miss O'Brien was like, where were you yesterday? 
and I had to go along with it at this stage, and I was like, oh, I was uh, I was up in the dorm in Dublin. <laughs> I still can't believe that's what I came up with. It's like I was up in the dorm in Dublin, training for the World Chess Championship quarterfinal on Thursday, and she was like, well, why didn't you just stay up there? Like, would that have not made more sense? And I just pulled an absolute fucking lie out of my ass and said, oh, yeah, like, but, you know, my mom didn't want me falling too behind in school, like, so, you know, that's why I'm here now. Um... To, to make sure I don't fall too far behind and I'll travel up then again tomorrow. And she was like, oh, okay, like, that seems fair. And what I've just noticed is, now that I'm telling these stories, I feel like I've been told I don't sound as cork on this podcast as I do when people talk to me in real life. And I can really feel the cork coming out of me right now, so that's kind of weird. But yeah, I was I was there like, look, fucking, yeah, I just, that's the worst excuse I could, probably could have pulled out of my ass, but whatever, like, it's, it's done. Like, who cares? But, um... Yeah, the next day I was indeed up in Dublin, but I was not at the World Chess Championship quarterfinals in the Dome in Dublin. I was in the Three Arena at a WWE house show that was really, really good. Sami Zayn wrestled Adrian Neville that night, uh, which, you know what, it's a very important house show in my life that I attended because... That was the house show which made me start watching NXT because obviously Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville wrestled in the opening match and that was the foundations being laid of me falling back in love with wrestling and going on to do everything I've done in the pro wrestling world since. Uh, you know, now senior official of RCW, just saying. But I, uh, yeah, that's where I actually was. So for those who give out about wrestling being, or me bringing wrestling up in every story, Wrestling is every story in my life, so deal with it. But that's where I was. But I was like, look, at least I can take a picture now in front of some, you know, some things here in Dublin that I can prove I was here. And nobody has to, uh, nobody has to question where I was now. So that's great. And yeah, uh, it was a great show and I really enjoyed it. But I came back in on the Monday and everyone was asking, like, how did you get on? Did you win? Like, you know, the people who believed it was real. Oh, like, you know, was was it a, was it a victory? Like, you're going to the semi-final? And I was like, no, look, I came up short against... I think I said it was, like, a Slovakian guy. I was like, no, no, I, I lost. Uh, you know, he just he got the better of me. And uh, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm done with the chess now for, for a little bit. And to my absolute horror, this was not the end of the story. This is where the story really went on to a new level. So, apart from the people in my year, everyone else in the school thought this was real. People in other years, like the teachers, they all thought this was legit. Mr. Delaney was the only one who had his doubts. But as I said, I think because I got on really well with Mr. Delaney, he really wanted to believe this was true. He didn't want to doubt this story. And... Mr. Delaney was talking to me about it, and he was like, um, you know, oh, like, how'd you get on? And I was like, ah, look, you know, it just wasn't wasn't my day. I came up against a better opponent, and uh, yeah, look, it is what it is. And he went on, like, this speech. He's like, oh, but, like, didn't you should be so proud? Like, you've represented your country. Like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, fair play, fair play, uh, Avukal, as he would say. And then he said, like, you know, oh, like, what did he say? He's like, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. <laughs> like, my ego is just getting stroked. So much here right now. Even at the age of what was I then? 16? Just before I turned 17? And yeah, like I just, I felt so bad for Mr. Delaney because I was like, he's, he really is like getting on board with this. And then we were back in Miss O'Brien's class and Miss O'Brien was like, like, have you said it to Mr. Kelly at all? Mr. Kelly was the principal. 
and I was like, uh, I, I know, like, fucking, I, I don't, I don't want to, like, brag about it too much. And Miss O'Brien, and this is where I feel really sorry for her. She's like, no, no, Dylan, Jesus, do you know what? Like, that, that's something that needs to be celebrated. You've just competed in a very tough sport and at the highest level at your age range. This is something you need to be proud of. Like, fucking, like, this is, this is groundbreaking. Like, and I think there was that part of the school that was like, this is great publicity. This is absolutely great publicity. And Miss O'Brien was like, I'm going up to Mr. Kelly's office right now, and I'm giving him your name, I'm telling him what year you're in, and he's going to announce it on the intercom that you competed in the All-Ireland, excuse me, the World Chess Championship. And of course, who did I have in the next class but Mr. Delaney? And I was there like, I I just absolutely bricking it, (laughs) absolutely bricking it, thinking, Mr. Kelly is about to announce to the whole school about me playing a match in the World Chess Championship quarterfinal. And I can still remember, like, like it wasn't just the, oh, congratulations to Dylan Turner-Reeve who competed in it. Mr. Kelly gave, like, the most heartfelt, like, I could hear the pride in his voice. And he was just like, oh, it's, it's, uh, apologies for this interruption to class, but there's just an announcement I would like to make uh, for a student who's just had a very special accomplishment here in this school. And it goes without saying that the amount of dedication the student put in and the, the effort and the training that was put into this accomplishment should not be something that uh, isn't acknowledged. So uh, Dylan Turl reeve in fifth year uh, competed at the Dome in Dublin for the World Chess Championship in his own country and just came up short against a better opponent on the day. But Dylan, you have done the school so proud. We're all 100% behind you for your next tournament or you know something along those lines. And uh, we're incredibly proud. And Mr. Delaney looked so happy. He could not... I've never seen someone look so fucking happy. And I was there like, oh my God, this has gone way too far. But it is the funniest thing that has ever happened in my life. (laughs) We have managed to trick the whole school, including the principal, that I am a world-class athlete in a sport that I have never played... What even is life? They think I've played a quarterfinal in a sp- one of the most like complicated sports in the world to tick people like me, when in reality I was at a WWE house show. This is crazy. I remember him shaking my hand, and he- I-, I was gone like bright red at this stage. And we, I remember we all came out of the room, me and the lads, and we were like, "Okay, that's it. Now let's just not bring it up again." You know, I- I'm just gonna tell him my chess playing days are over. Like this is it. This is this is something that, like, you know, we have to end it now. It, this can't go any further. This is... It's gone too far. This has gone too damn far. And we all agreed that that was it. And then the following week, I still remember it. It was on a Tuesday. The school newsletter came out. And I remember three different people coming up to me going, you're in the school newsletter. And I was like, Really? For what? They are commemorating you for being the representative of Ireland in the World Chess Championship quarterfinal. And that is where the worst picture ever taken of me was put on a school newsletter commemorating my somewhat accomplishment. I mean, is getting to the quarterfinal an accomplishment? Maybe if you support a shit team like Derby County. Ha ha ha. 
no offense to any Derby County fans out there. I'm sorry if I insulted all two of you. But uh, I actually will get up the picture there now in just a moment. So why is my phone running so slow? But like this, I, honest to God, like, I mean, I, I don't really talk to anyone who I went to school with um, at all, really. But this, like, you know, this picture will always bring back some good times. So the headline is Chess Moves. Congratulations to Dylan Turl-Reeve, Turl spelled incorrectly, fifth year, who reached the quarterfinals of the World Chess Championship in Dublin recently. And that picture, it just has not gotten any better with age. It looks absolutely fucking shite. Absolutely shite. But I look at it now and I'm like, man, what a time. What a time. I think I'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end, my time in school. Um, and, you know, maybe get a little bit deep on this podcast, as I tend to do a lot of the time. But anyways, uh, that picture was posted and I was like, I've just nearly knocked over the microphone. Anyways, I was like, oh crap, like, this has gone too far again. I feel like I've said that about a million times. But the fact that we have this picture to commemorate this moment is absolutely insane this is the greatest prank in the history of pranks all schools are notorious for doing a sixth year prank yeah go fuck yourselves our fifth year our ty and fifth year pranks trump your sixth year pranks so have that have that this honest to god this prank could not have been so more beautifully prepared because it all happened organically and we just did it as it went we we planned it as it went along. You know what I mean? We, we didn't have this long-term goal. We literally just went with the wind. That, that was the way we rolled with it. And it just it, the way it turned out was absolutely epic. And once again, we all said, okay, that's it. Let's never bring this up again. It can't go any further than this. This is it. Next thing, we were in an Irish class about two or three days later. And Mr. Delaney... Out of nowhere, he was in the middle of teaching an Irish class, and he was like, "Well, Akarja, um, you know, I will continue with the lesson there in just a second, but um, there's something that's been kind of playing on my mind there recently, and uh, I just feel like now, more than ever, I have to bring it up. Um, so, so Dylan, and I was like, "Oh, shit, hello." He's like, um, I, "I have a question for you, Akarja." I was like, oh, "Okay, what, what is it, sir?" And he was like, "So th- this whole um chess thing." Is it legit? And I was like, well, that's not what I was expecting. I was like, uh, wh- what do you mean, sir? And he was like, I, I mean, like, is it real? Like, do, have you actually competed in the World Chess Championship? I remember just looking around the room and people just staring at me. And I was like, yeah? And then he was like, why are you gone so red? And my response was, why are you gone so red? He was like, I, 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 I'm not a vocal, but you seem to be gone, like, like deep Darug. And I was like, uh, 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 complicated story there, sir. And I thought, because Mr. Delaney, as lovely as he was, holy shit, could the man fucking snap. Now, he never snapped at me, thank God, but I saw him snap at certain people and <laughs> Some of the stories of him snapping are quite funny. But uh, I was like, oh my god, he is going to fucking snap. And I was like, no, sir, we made it up. And he was like, sorry? No, sir, we made it up. 
And he's like, would you say, say it a little bit louder there, Dylan? I was like, no, sir, we made it up. We made it up. It's not real. It was not a shoot. It was a work. And we worked you, brother. And I was preparing for... He had a shinty stick in the room. And I was preparing for that to be shoved right up my hole. Thankfully, that didn't happen. He was like, ah, well, look, to be honest with you, Bukal, I, I always kind of had a feeling that uh, you were trying to pull the wool over my eyes. And But no, he was like, you know what? He was like, fair, fair play to you. Fair play to you. You pulled it off well. But he was like... Uh, no, uh, the, the reason that I have to say this to you, Abukal, is because um, the school have actually reached out to the East Cork Journal. And also, someone from RTE News has been reached out to to give you an interview. I remember looking around, I remember me and Steve making eye contact like, oh, shit. And Mr. Delaney said, like, you know, that could go down as, uh, as false advertising. And uh, there could be, um, th- you know, th- th- there could be... Um, you know, a court case over that. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's just uh, may- maybe just uh, give Miss O'Brien a bit of a heads up that uh, that this was a bit of a this was a bit of a tomfoolery, and we were like, oh shit, okay, um, we better uh, we better tell Miss O'Brien that this was not um, this this was kayfabe, brother. This was this was not this was not a shoot, and um, Mr. Delaney took it well. Miss O'Brien didn't. I have never seen someone ever look so broken. But I can still remember the moment. So, I had Miss O'Brien for history and geography. Some of the lads only had her for geography. And at around this time in history, we were learning about propaganda. And like how Hitler would have used propaganda to get votes and stuff. And we were like, how the fuck do we break this? We, we got we to gotta break this to her gently because this is going to be a lot to take in. And this is not going to be something that um, might be received well. But even then, I don't think we thought she would have that she was going to receive it as badly as she did. That sounds wrong, but you know what I mean. Get your minds out of the gutter, says me, who you know brought it up. But I was like, I've got an idea. I remember saying to Stephen and Brian, I was like, look, at the moment in history, we're learning about propaganda, and I feel like this, in a way, was kind of propaganda, but in a funny way. So maybe ask her what propaganda is, and like, kind of, let's try and kind of see if she can work out herself what we're on about. So we went into this geography class, literally right after we had uh, Mr. Delaney's Irish class. And uh, Steve was like, Miss, um, do you want propaganda? And she was like, uh, yes, Stephen. What about it? He's like, could you, uh, could you get in trouble for that? And she was like, yes. Very bluntly, just yes. He's like, ah, oh, um... Could you get in trouble for lying about someone playing a sport they never played before? And she was like, what do you want about? And then she just stared over at me. And everyone kind of like nervously laughed. And she was like, Dylan? And I was like, hey, miss. She's like, something you want to tell me there? I was like. I uh, I didn't exactly uh, tell you the whole truth about the chess thing. She's like, "All right, what 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 is it?" And I was like, "I didn't actually play in the World Chess Championship quarterfinal. That might have been a little bit of a lie." And she still didn't quite get it, and she was like, "Ah, well, I'm disappointed now that you lied to me, but sure, look." What round did you actually play until and I tell Mr. Kelly to correct it? And we were like, oh, she still doesn't get it. She still doesn't get it. And I was like, um, 
miss I don't actually play chess at all and she was like what and I went I, I, I don't actually play chess and I never actually have played chess so yeah um, you might want to have a word with Mr. Kelly about reaching out to the East Cork Journal and reaching out to Ireland's top TV station Radio Telefisieren commonly abbreviated to RTE uh, because it would probably get the school in a lot of trouble so maybe that's something you might want to you know not tell Mr. Kelly uh, or not sorry it might be something you would want to tell Mr. Kelly and Miss O'Brien fucking flipped but it got to a stage where she got so angry that I think it just took every little bit of energy out of her. And I remember her just like, <laughs> I remember her just looking at the floor afterwards and just being like, oh my God, I am in such deep shit. I have just like put my neck on the line to make sure this student's accomplishment got, um, you know, recognized by the school because I felt because she felt like it was being overlooked and you know when I say that now I feel so bad. But at the time I was like, "How oh, would you not just relax a bit for fuck's sake?" It was only a bit of only a bit of messing. But she had just I she'd completely lost just like I I think she just went white, and we all were just kind of a bit stunned, like looking at each other, just stunned in silence. And I remember her just going, "Open up your geography books there and um, page sixty, just um, write that out." In that exact tone. And me and Steve were like looking over at each other like nervously kind of smiling. And we were like, because we didn't, because I was like, oh, she sees us smiling. She's going to fucking like let loose again. And I think Steve was like doing his best to like, you know, try and keep her on side. I think he he, he was like trying to like chirp her up and, and try and talk to her normally to make sure she didn't feel too bad. And I remember Steven asking a question about like. Oh, uh, Mister, see uh, this part here where it's describing, um, you know, the the rocks or whatever we were writing about. Do we have to write that part? I remember Miss O'Brien just going, "No," and that was it, and that was it, and we left the room absolutely shitting ourselves. And I remember Stephen and Brian and. A couple of others just being like, what the fuck are we going to do? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I feel really sorry for you lads having to worry. But, you know, I was kind of the focal point of this whole thing. And I also have the fucking, you know, dilemma of having not one, but two classes with Miss O'Brien today. Because I had her for geography and I had her for history. And my last class on a Friday, because this happened on a Friday, was history. Back in fifth year. And I remember going into the history class and just being like... Oh my god, I'm going to get my ass beat so much. And I remember we were reading, like, just sometimes in class when you'd have to read a passage from a book. And, like, you'd go around the room and you'd ask everyone to read a little bit. And Miss O'Brien was like, right, lads, you know, we have this thing here. Um, We're all going to we're all gonna read. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick out someone to read. And then you, you'll stop at one point I'll ask someone else to read. And you know, we'd, she'd make sure everyone in the class got a chance to read. I was supposed to make sure everyone was paying attention. And she was like, right, uh, Josh, you start reading there. And Josh started reading the passage in the book. And it was all going grand, whatever. And she was like, okay, um, Chris, you next. 
And then Chris started reading. He's like, okay, um, Connor, you read the next bit. I'm like, okay. She normally asks me first to do one, or in, you know, within the first three people to read, you know, normally, but she hasn't done it yet. But look, you know, maybe she's just trying to change it up a little bit. She's like, okay, Connor, very good. Dylan, Hallaman, you can now read. Because there was two Dylans in the class. And I was like, oh, okay. She normally doesn't pick that Dylan first. But okay, like, you know, maybe she's, again, she's changing it up a small bit. You know, it's Friday. Let's, let's, let's uh, spice it up a bit. She's like, right. Dylan, very good. Now, I'm trying to think of other people that were in the room. Uh, Taylor, you read now. And then Taylor read. And I was like, okay, like, someone she definitely doesn't ask to read. Because Taylor's a little bit thick. But okay, that's that's fine. Whatever. And then she went around the whole room twice and never asked me to read once. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me over this. And then the class ended. And Miss O'Brien was like, right, Dylan, Josh, uh, whoever else was involved in it, you all stay back because uh, I need to I need to talk to you. And then she was like, right, so um, your little prank has uh, obviously gone a bit too far. And uh, it's out of my hands now at the moment. I've had to say it to Mr. Kelly. And uh, yeah, he said he'll deal with it next week. And I was there thinking like, oh, I'm going to get expelled. We're all going to get expelled. Like this, I, I remember thinking we'll be lucky to get away with a suspension. Like if we get suspended for a week, that will be such a fucking like, like it'll be such a like, you know, it would be the best case scenario in my head. And it all happened over a weekend. I thought my parents were going to fucking kill me. Thankfully, my parents had a sense of humor about it. And were like, ah, look, you know, if you get punished for it, whatever. Like, you know, you're not in trouble here. And that I think that eased my mind a bit. Because I thought, like, my, they knew about it to a certain extent. I don't think my parents knew how far it had quite gone. Uh, but even when they did find out, they were like, look, you know... It's it's not the end of the world, like whatever. So that was the uh, yeah that that was the extent of what happened with it at home. So thankfully, didn't get my ass beat at home. But uh, we came in that Monday, and I didn't have Mister Brian on a Monday, so it was like okay, don't have to worry about it too much today. We had that Tuesday off because I think the teachers were going on strike or something at that point a lot of the time, and we just didn't have to worry about it that Monday or that Tuesday even. And then Wednesday. Oh, we had Miss Miss O'Brien, and yeah, it, this was. I have to give her credit for this. So she brought in the principal, Mister Kelly, into the uh, into the classroom, and he he didn't look happy, but he didn't look overly angry. He just kind of looked a bit like, "Ah, lads, what were you doing?" Like, and Miss O'Brien was like, "Right, well, Mister Kelly has a few words for you, so I'd advise you all be quiet now and listen to Mister Kelly." And I thought he was going to, like, fucking let loose. Because he's another man who had a bit of a temper on him. And then he just went, Ah, well, look, lads, you know, sometimes in life, you know, a little joke starts and it it, go, it gets a bit out of hand. And, you know, it grows arms and legs and it goes a bit too far. And I think that's what this was now. So, like, I think this should all be a lesson learned. And, uh, you know, we just need to, you know, acknowledge the mistake, move on from it. And, uh, you know, that, that, that'll be that. Um, and then he was like, Now, look, one thing I will say is that if you could apologize, whoever was involved in it, if you could apologize to Miss O'Brien, and if you could apologize to myself, that would be great, because he was like, you know, one of these days, he might be looking for a reference from me for college, and, uh, 
if I know you're involved in this and you didn't apologize, I won't be giving you the reference. And I was like, okay, and that's fair. And he was like, so lads, make sure now that you make the right move. And we're like, ah, chess joke. So thankfully, because he had a few days to, to kind of sleep on it, Mr. Kelly had kind of calmed down and was like, look, you know, I think, because I think he knew we weren't troublemakers. You know, we didn't like bully, like we weren't bullies. We weren't like scumbags. We were, we were, we were messers, but we were kind of, we we were nice messers, you know what I mean? We we weren't bad people. And I think he was like, look, you know, this is something that obviously just went a bit too far and everyone got a bit carried away, so an apology would be great. But this will tell you how much Mr. Kelly knew about it, because when I went up to apologise to him, he didn't have a clue who I was. He didn't realise I was the whole focal point of this thing. So that'll tell you how much Mr. Kelly knew. So that was, uh, that was kind of funny. But that, uh, th- that happened, and then Miss O'Brien was like, right, lads, uh, Mr. Kelly's not going to give you a punishment, but I am. And I remember she was like, you have to write out these 50 facts about chess, which I was like, mm, it's not really much of a punishment. That's just more of like, you know, project work. And then she was like, uh, oh, what was the thing she had? She was like, oh yeah, she's like, here, here are these letters home um, to like, I think it was like to give like extra jog for work. And I was like, well, miss, my mom actually said you can talk to her about this because I'm not taking a punishment for a, a little joke. And I opened up the envelope and Miss O'Brien was like, haha, gotcha. And I was like, you fucking bitch. I didn't actually say that because she would have absolutely kicked the shit out of me. She she pranked the pranksters. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's what it was. She was like, here's the thing that you have to write out. And no, no, sorry. That, sorry. The other thing was she was like, you have to stay back late on Friday is what she said um, to, to do this. And I was like, well, you can talk to my mom about that because she said that's not happening, which was a lie. My mom actually never said that. Um, but I was just hoping she might have my back because she didn't give out to me about the whole thing. But uh, yeah, we opened up the envelope and it was, haha, got you. And I was like, no, you know, I remember I got up and I was like, no, you know what? You got me. You got me good. And I just shook her hand. And that was the story of how we fooled the whole school into thinking that I was the All-Ireland Chess Champion and World Cup Chess Quarterfinalist. What a time. What a time. And I kind of, I just kind of want to reflect on it a bit, you know towards the end here um because this is just something that I, I you know this is a story i've told a few times on a few different podcasts and it's amazing like every time i've told this story it really brings me back to this time and i'm gonna get a bit sappy and a bit emotional here because it's just been a couple of things happening in my life recently that are good but uh it's just crazy because like i just uh received rcw's schedule for the rest of the year and I remember, like, at this point, like, wrestling was something that I was... Obviously, I've always loved wrestling, but I did go through a period where I fell out of love with it a little bit. But this was during a period of time where I had just discovered NXT. I had just, um, you know, I'd, I'd really, like, started following the independent scene closely. And I just knew that, like, being involved in wrestling was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to do it from such a young age. But I think I was, you know, I was getting to late teens into early adulthood and I was like when I leave school I want to be involved in wrestling and I just think about like how I I had it all planned out in my head that if this does happen all my friends from school are going to be at the shows and you know there's going to be this uh this huge like you know reception for me when I when I make my entrance or whatever I'm doing on the show and I had it all planned out in my head but now I think about eight years later like you know the fact now that I'm a pro wrestling referee who is now a senior official for Rebel County Wrestling. And like, that's just, I just think about like, if you told Dylan in 2014, 2015, that story, 
like and you know you you told about all the people he was going to meet along the way and all the heroes he would get to interact with that he's idolized growing up he would not have believed it and he would have been absolutely ecstatic and it's just mad because like as i say that i think about if you'd also told dylan that yeah a lot of these people that you're talking to right now pretty much all of them none of them are going to be a part of that none of these people are actually going to experience that as you know as closely as you did the whole chess thing and I think that really would have disappointed me. Maybe more sixth year Dylan, actually. Maybe more like leaving Cirque Dylan. That's something that uh, I think it it's weird, like how you know when you when you look back on your school days, which technically for me weren't that long ago. I mean, how long is it now since I left school? Seven years. Which I mean, it's mental that like there's a longer gap between now and when I was in sixth year than there was between first and sixth year for me. Like that's crazy. But I remember recently enough i was in the uh, rochestown park hotel for a staff party which was an absolute brilliant time absolutely great time but i i was really looking forward to it because i have great time for the people i work with but i also remember slightly dreading it because i remember that's where my grads were and i don't talk to anybody anybody at all that i was friends with at the grads like literally none of them and I remember, like, we were a very close-knit group or tight-knit group back then. And if you had told me then that, like, yeah, you are going to go on to achieve these things, but none of these people are really going to be there to experience it with you, I think 18, 19-year-old Dylan would have been absolutely heartbroken. And I remember, like, you know, because I hadn't been in the Rochestown Park Hotel since the grads, so that was like a six-and-a-half-year gap between the grads and the staff party there. And I still remember looking at the bar looking at the bar and going, oh my God, this is identical. Like, you know, sometimes when you haven't been to a place for a while, you expect it to be slightly different. I was like, nope, this looks the exact same. And I was thinking about one friend in particular who I may or may not have named in this episode, who I was with at the bar and thinking, this is, like, this person is going to be one of my best friends for the rest of my life. And now I haven't spoke to that person for three years, four years. But it's just crazy, like, how, like, when you're in school, you think that, like, this is just, these are the people I'm going to be associated with forever. And some, for some people that does happen, and for others it just doesn't. Like, I'm, I, but I'm lucky in the sense that, like, I have Porig and Alex, who are my two lifelong best friends. Like, even before, like, literally before me and Porig were in school, we were already friends. So, like... That's obviously carried over, but like literally, I don't think I have any other person at all from secondary school or primary school that I talk to regularly. And in a way, now 25 year old Dylan can kind of look at it and go, I'm kind of glad about that because I think I've made my own life. And there are some people like who I would have no problem stopping and having a quick chat with on the street, but there's a lot of others who, you know, I probably wouldn't have the same time for. And I suppose this kind of goes out to like, you know, Anyone who might be in school right now uh, listening to this podcast, don't stress over things if they don't go the way you expect them to. Or if a certain friendship or relationship doesn't go the way you hoped it would go. It will suck for a while, but you will find your way out of it. As long as you keep pushing through, you keep believing in yourself, and you keep just trusting yourself with the decisions you make that's something i've had to learn like i 
I, I never thought, like, I mean, right now, so I'm, you know, I've completed an acting course. I referee pro wrestling shows. I think I've refereed eight or nine at this point, uh, counting, like, you know, when they've done two shows in two days and, and stuff like that. I've met so many of my heroes. I have started podcasts. I've streamed content over on YouTube. I've built up a bit of a following from, you know, post- posting stupid videos on TikTok. I have, you know, started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've made so many great friends from the things I'm passionate about in life. And I, you know, I, I've connected with so many great people. And I, I look back on, like, I, I think about all that and I look back on how I felt things were in school. And how I felt things were going to go when I was in, you know, when I was in school. How I thought adulthood was going to go. And it's like, look, it didn't go the way I expected it to, but it still ended up really, really good. And it's like sometimes, like, for example, like, you know, the acting course, like, you know, I think for a lot of people, they might have said, you know, performing on shows, like, it was a dream come true. Like, I can't even say that was a dream come true, because that's something I just never thought would have happened. Like, with wrestling, it was always, it's a dream come true, because that's something I always wanted to happen. But then there are certain things that have happened in my life that have been amazing, that I never ever would have thought were even possible. Because back when I was 18... Do you think I was thinking about doing an acting course? Not a hope. I was doing journalism. Thinking I was going to be working for What Culture Wrestling. Like, it's funny, we did this thing in sixth year where we had to write a letter to our future selves. Um, so that was back... I did my leaving cert in 2016 and we had to write a letter to our selves... To our future selves uh, in five years' time. So we had to write these letters and then these letters were going to be posted out to ourselves in five years. So 2021, I actually received this letter. And I remember reading it and going, oh my fucking God, Dylan, you were such a mark, but it's kind of funny. And like, I had so many things listed out that hadn't happened. And I remember like reading through it and going, oh, like this is kind of, this is kind of disappointing. And then I read the second half of the letter and everything had happened. And I was like, oh my God, like, this this is crazy. Like, some of the things I planned to do when I was in uh, sixth year have actually come true. Some things haven't. But since then, some of the things I was disappointed about not happening have happened. And then on top of that, there's even more things that happened that I never would have expected. And I know I've been going on this rant for far too long now, but it's just a message I always like to send out to people who might have been in a similar or might be in a similar position to what I was in when I was that age keep pushing through keep on you know believing in yourself and chasing your goals and sometimes the greatest goals and achievements in life are things you never would have dreamed of and I will leave you on that thank you all so much for tuning in to Straight Outta Klein 2.0 once again this week next week I will be in beautiful sunny glorious Manchester, England. This Saturday, I will be at Bellator MMA in the Three Arena in Dublin. Uh, I'm not sure what the schedule is going to be for next week, whether I'm going to record when I'm over in Manchester. I don't know if I'll have time or if I'll do an episode before then, uh, but we'll see. But until then, I will talk to you then. And for now, enjoy this classic wrestling promo. Have a great weekend. Talk to you all soon. Mark Henry, the, the world's strongest man. And, I mean, rumors that have been running rampant over the past 24 hours that Mark Henry is here tonight to retire. I don't think that's a rumor. Those uh, are his yeah, boots he's right. putting down. His wrestling boots placed on the stage. That's the old cliche, hanging up the boots. 
there they are. It began with a, a number of cryptic tweets over the weekend from Henry. And I tell you, if the rumors are true, this man right here, Mark Henry, has accomplished a lot of things in the WWE. A lot. He's a world champion. That's what I said, a lot. The world's strongest man. It's a pretty good career. It's a great career. You can put your guard down. John, I want you to stay. There's something I want to tell you. I want to tell the boys and the girls in the back. And all of y'all. I respect everybody that loves this business. I respect all the people that work for this company because I know how difficult it is. I was a seasoned veteran in 2002 when this man right here came in. And he's doing an awesome job. I figured if, if, if y'all forget me, you would at least remember this coat. <laughs> crying all night but um John at the rate that you're going you're going to be the greatest WWE champion of all time and if I if I had any regrets any regrets at all about my career I've been world heavyweight champion. I've been ECW champion. I've been the strongest man in the world. I've had a lot of success. I mean, nothing like the success that John had, but um, I, I think I've done pretty good for myself. Which, which, thank you. Which leads me to the reason that I'm out here to formally retire from the active roster 
out of WWE. Oh, oh, Thank y'all. One more match from the one of the better crowds that I've been in front of in the last five years. That's the only championship Mark Henry hasn't won. A small town, Silsby, Texas boy done proud. Also, John, I'm gonna give this back because this is something you gotta earn. Thank you. I got a chance to travel the world twice, three times, quadruple times over. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm doing enough crying for everybody. But I stand before you a proud, proud man. I'm on the road close to 200 nights a year to my beautiful wife, Jana. I think you'll see more of me than you want to. And to my son Jacob, who's a fanatical wrestling fan, some of y'all seen him on Twitter. And my little girl Joanna, I'm not me young, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> to my little girl Joanna, who cries when I leave home. Baby, I'm coming home.
say. Disgusting. That's what I do! Biggest double cross I've ever seen. I bought it. You guys bought it. I think the WWE Universe bought it. Cena certainly bought it. I'm coming home. He used his family, his kids, his wife as part of this. Imagine what they were thinking sitting home watching this. Look at, look at, look at John. Mark Henry have his moment, and then this.